right, welcome to another episode of Kiwi Skane Stories where neighbors meet neighbors. Today I have Mario Sicilia. He is the founder of the brand Saki Room. And he is also co-owner of the Saki Room restaurant in Kiwi Skane. So a lot of us have been to the Saki Room. I have been there as well. It's one of our one of our great locations here in the Key. And we're going to get to know the story behind the magic of the Saki Room today with Mario. So Mario, welcome on the show. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Hi, good afternoon, Alejandro. How are so, you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Great. So I have a have I have a um an icebreaker question for you. Tell us something about you that most people don't know. Um <laughs> interesting. Well, I mean, I talk a lot, so a lot of people know a lot about me, I guess. But I was actually born and raised in Venezuela and uh, moved in, uh, moved uh, permanently to the United States in about a year 2000 when I started atten attending FIU for hotel management and hospitality. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So the Saki Room. A lot of us, like I mentioned, have been there. Tell us, how did it all start? Well, it all started, I was, like I said, going to school for hotel management and hospitality. I actually wanted to open up a nightclub or a bar, but I didn't think that I would get too much assistance uh, financially from my parents and my family for that idea. <laughs> so I said, well, I, I love uh, Japanese cuisine. I, lo I love Japanese food, sake. I said, well, let's do something in between and open up a sake room sushi lounge. And uh, presented the idea to my parents and my family, and they, they immediately, you know, said they would back me up financially. And I kind of jumped uh, from going to FIU, working at the Ritz-Carlton, and transitioned over to opening up a, uh, the location on Biscayne Boulevard in 18. But actually, that wasn't the first location. We opened one before on Coral Way, um, next to our laundry spot. It was a, a small... 14-seater takeout delivery mostly. Mm -hmm. And we started operating there uh, while we built out the larger location on Biscayne Boulevard. You mentioned that you, you liked Japanese cuisine, right? Yes, absolutely. So uh, as being part of the inspiration for it, I guess what, what is what attracted you the most out of the Japanese cuisine? So all the flavors, the, the different ingredients, uh, the freshness of uh, eating uh, raw fish. Made it interesting. I uh, I went for the first time to a Japanese restaurant here in Miami with my dad when I was about 14, 14 years old and got hooked on immediately. And then uh, transitioned into going and became, becoming a fan of many Japanese restaurants here in the local area and outside the Miami vicinity and uh, outside the country as well. And then I kind of wanted to do something, uh, a Japanese food, but with a twist, a more modern take on it and uh, there was I, I was I kept finding that I would like different dishes from different restaurants but that nobody had those similar dishes under one roof so I decided let me mix and match of my favorites or and then mix it up with uh, some different fl culinary flavors uh, more of a Latin taste twist to it and that's how I developed that idea I'm sort of a self-taught uh, chef uh, and I love cooking but a lot of techniques and, and things I'm not, uh, you know, exactly uh, acquainted to everything in the kitchen. But like I said, I like to invent. And that's how I got into the idea of doing sake. Room. So you mentioned that you like that you've liked other dishes, but they were not under one roof. 
right? Yeah. And also the Latin twist to it. Can you share with us a couple of these dishes that you... Well, for instance, I would go to very traditional uh, Japanese uh, restaurants. And uh, some of them, like, uh, had, uh, let's say, a tuna tartare at that point in time, which is more of a, you know, French dish mixed with, instead of doing the beef, you do the, 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 the tuna involved with it. And, you know, the sesame oil flavor and all that. And it, it was a little more delicate or it, it was a little different to the traditional Japanese places. And then some of the rolls that were inventive that had like mango in them or coconut or different flavors that aren't actual uh, Japanese like uh, ingredients made it interesting. So, like I said, I went to a few places where I would, fell in love with the tartare. But then I went to another place that had an incredible volcano roll with conch in it, which, you know, from the, you know, conch is from Bahamas and Florida area mainly. So I started trying all these dishes go, wow, I really like that, that place's volcano roll. I really like that tartare at that place. But then you go to a more traditional uh, Japanese place and they wouldn't have that in particular. But then again, they would have uh, their, their own or, or, you know, more traditional dishes that I love also. So I said, well, It'd be interesting to combine from there and here and there and, and do some, you know, bring the best of the best under one roof and that, make it uh, modernize it and 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 in, involve other types of flavors into it. That's what I'm what, what I'm trying to say with uh, other places, you know, had a, maybe a fried rice that was influenced by more of a Korean cuisine, things like that, that you said, stand it out and say, well, I would really like to do this and and. You couldn't find one place that had all these things combined. Okay. So let's talk about the second room in the key specifically. Let's say I've never been. I want to take someone on a date to Saki room. How would you recommend I order? What should I try? How can I impress that lady? Okay. Uh, there's always, you know, in all restaurants, you're always going to have these dishes that are your favorites or, you know, your two go-to dishes when you want to have a new client try something that's more of, uh, you know, in-house flavor so i would say the crunchy crab salad is one of our top sellers uh i would also recommend the sakirum tostadas which are like a wonton chip base uh with a sweet chili tuna avocado caviar and uh -huh. autumn it also has a uh, wasabi mayo definitely try to go through other aspects of the kitchen and try the rock shrimp or the honey rock shrimp uh, there's a number of riceless rolls that are categorized riceless on our menu or with rice I would definitely want to try. Want you to try a uh, jalapeno popper roll, which is my take of a American bar food taken into a Japanese cuisine, which is a roll that has a uh, shrimp tempura, uh -huh. green cheese, and jalapeno in it. Got spicy mayo and even Parmesan cheese, and it's torched. So it's a it's very funky idea, but it when they're all flavors come together and combined, it works real well. But I would definitely uh, try the wagyu on the stone. Uh -huh. It's a very, very well priced, even though it's not the, the in, in, in an inexpensive dish. It's very well priced for being a wagyu cut of beef, and uh, you cook it on the hot stone yourself. So it's something that if you brought a date along, it would be something nice to do and kind of you know something different. Getting involved in actually cooking your own uh, beef. Okay, out of, out of the ones that you've mentioned, we have the crunchy crab salad. We have the sakurum tostadas, the honey rock shrimp. From the okay. rice section, uh, the tricolor deluxe is our take like on a rainbow roll, but it actually has three types of fish. It has hamachi, tuna, and salmon, and it's sliced thinly, and then a crab salad and asparagus is wrapped in the center. And then it's cut in about nine to ten pieces, 
which actually has no rice in it. So it's like our take on a fancy sashimi style rainbow roll. Let's call it that way. Gotcha. And then we have the hot stone wagyu. Yeah, okay. uh, wagyu on the stone. Okay. Out of these, or maybe you mentioned it or not, which one are the most popular items you see Kibu Skinners eating? Well, the definitely roll-wise, it's the Hulk roll. So the roll Hulk? That has, yes, like Hulk. the Hulk? Yes, exactly. Like okay. the Hulk, the big green guy. Yeah. Initially, it's funny because the Hulk roll was wrapped in a green rice paper. That's why it has the Hulk name to it. Nowadays, we don't use the green. We can't find that green uh, rice paper. So it's in a uh, white rice paper. But initially, that's where the name comes from. And it's uh, basically a salmon roll. It's crunchy and it has no seaweed because it's uh, I, uh, a lot of the, the younger crowd and you know they they some of them want to keep away from the seaweed flavor mm. so I, there's a tendency that they a lot of them will order this roll because it ha it's wrapped instead of the usual or traditional seaweed paper it's wrapped in white rice paper so that's so that that's our favorite like our number one uh, seller as a roll it's a, a roll with rice so it's actually wrapped in, in in the with the rice paper and rice that's the number one seller got it for rolls or rolls yes sir what about what about drinks drinks the sake have, room right so there must be sake somewhere yeah we have sake the tendency here at this particular location has been a little bit of a reduction in the sake um outside uh, initially when we opened up the restaurant we had a a more extensive list but uh, of sake but we still have a, a lot of unfiltered filtered sake where uh, jumai daijinjo sake's excellent qualities top award winners so we have a, a smaller selection because the restaurant is also smaller in size, less mm. capacity of storage. But we, are, we have a great uh, variety of sake. We have a great variety of wines as well. Uh, we have uh, good sparklings. But yeah, definitely sake is uh, very important. I mean, it's sake room after all. But the tendency here is a little more familiar, uh, family, I mean, family restaurant style. So, you know, outside, a lot more people would come in for dates or to pre-party at the restaurant. And here, you know, living in Kiwi Skane, the tendency is to be more of a family-oriented restaurant, which still serves excellent sake, but uh, the list is a bit shorter. Gotcha. So you mentioned something about uh, sake being filtered and unfiltered. What does that mean? Unfiltered sake is, it hasn't been polished as much, and it has the residual of the actual rice found within the bottle of sake. So when you typically get an unfiltered bottle of sake, if you lift it up, you'll see that there's a residual, like a white powdered residual on the bottom. And what you have to do is you have to shake the bottle and, and make sure that it that unfiltered rice moves around the whole bottle. And then mm -hmm. when you'll serve it, it, a lot of people call it milky sake because it has that appearance of being milky because of the unfiltered rice particles. The fancier sake comes down to, depending on where the water is collected, is a very important uh, important process of sake of developing sake. So in Japan, if they carefully look for the wells or the areas mm. they would collect collect their water, okay. and then the rice is the other main ingredient that you're going to have to very carefully select. And then the more polished and the more delicate that is, it becomes a higher quality sake. Wine it will ferment naturally. Sake has to be a yeast has to be added to the water and rice for it to ferment it. If not, it wouldn't happen like uh, it happens in wine because of the fruits and, 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 the, and the natural process. So tell me, tell me about the team. The team in Saki Room, uh, behind the scenes, the front scenes, it's, uh, it's developed through a mom and pop sort of operation, family 
build up that way. And then uh, along the way, tagged in with one of my best friends. And uh, I always like to talk about the decor. It's very important. My mom is uh, Teresita Cecilia. She was actually an owner at a boutique uh, at the square mall called 250 Rio in the 80s and 90s. So my mom is familiar with the island back in the day when she used to have a clothing boutique. And she loves uh, interior designing as well. And she's always assisted me in the build out and uh, making sure that we, we grab, the, uh, grab the, uh, the proper materials and colors. And if you walk into Sock Room, it's a very, you know, uh, traditional Zen-like uh, Japanese feel to it with uh, a lot of like you feel that you're a lot of stones. There's a statue. There's the, the, the wall, the 3D sort of uh, stone wall there. And we keep everything kind of like minimalistic at Sock Room. And I really enjoy that because it transcends, I think, the three, four, five, six, seven, eight years from now it'll still makes sense. And you don't have to jump back and change the decor. Um, my wife, Gleda, uh, she helps me out with the social media. Uh, my sister, Alejandra, has worked with me as a waitress, and she also helps us out with the pictures. And as well as uh, Orlando Santana, my business partner, uh, moved uh, to the United States a few years ago. and. Uh, used to have uh he's he's very familiar with uh, managing big businesses and it's uh and accounting after the point that i my parents have kind of retired and my mom was more of the accounting person in our business orlando stepped in on the spot and you know went to um it's a great businessman great accounting great great at keeping money organized so that's very you know something interesting to have that a team of, of people really close-knit and we're all, like I said family or almost family in that case and in your role in particular, what are your, how, how does a day for you look like? My my role in the restaurant, pretty much, like I said, I, I do all the, the, the brand. Mm. I, right now, I, I consider myself like a managerial position as well. My role is go in the restaurant, make sure that the clients are, you know, well attended, making sure that the dishes are coming out the right way, developing new items every once in a while. It's time to jump in the kitchen again and add a few specials add a few things into the menu. Recently, Armando, one of my employees and I, he kind of developed a new dish that I like a lot. It's a hamachi truffle tartare on a, and it's on top of a rice paper, which is very interesting. It's one of our new items. I don't even think we have physically have it in the menu, but it's a, sort of something the waiters are explaining as a special and, and, and giving the opportunity to people to, to order it. Um, so yeah, my roles are basically come down to making sure that management-wise everything makes sense. Orlando is more of the money guy, accounting guy. I'm more of the front of the house guy. So we we do a good yin yang on that, and you know in that Perfect. sense as well. He's a morning guy. I'm a later type of the, the day guy. So I usually will stick around late and closing time. But yeah, basically that. And in this. Ex whole experience as a restaurateur what is your most favorite part of all this alejandro i guess the favorite part of being a restaurateur is when you it's like a baby you you know you, you every dish you, that you create or that you help create or, or or are part of it's it's basically comes down to when that dish comes out and you place it on the table and you give it to your client and you you know most of the, sometimes i'm out there explaining the dish and being enthusiastic about it it's actually seeing that person feedback and genuine feedback always, you know, is the most, the best 
when they go, wow, this is unreal. This is unbelievable. This flavor. Wow. I've never had anything like this before. I didn't, you know, that's my favorite part of the, of uh, owning a restaurant is having that, that, uh, product come out and people enjoying it and telling you how good it is. So let's go back into the menu. Let's go back into the menu. Can you break down a couple of items for us? Yes, absolutely. I will. And I just wanted to add something that maybe I didn't say before, and it's very important for me, is that all the sauces at Sakirum are, are in-house. They're made in-house, except with the exception of soy sauce, which is some people have the have the virtue of being also developing their old family soy sauce, but we're not, it's a little complicated. So basically soy sauce, yuzu sauce, yuzu, which is a Japanese lime. It's a from, it's like a, a, Gemini, a Japanese lemon or lime style. Uh, you get a lot of yuzu dishes that people mention. That's actually a, a, like a lime. That, those, those come in a bottle straight from Japan, the lime, a juice, um, the, the soy sauce, other than that, all the sauces that we make at Saki Room are made from scratch. That means that we we do the teriyaki sauce. We 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 put you know apple. Uh, we get the bone stock uh, for the ch bone chicken stock. We we get the apple. We get the sh brown sugar. We 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 cook it for hours and hours. The eel sauce, sake, um, sake, soy, brown sugar, etc. We all these sauces we make in house from scratch. Some of them take hours. Some of, some of them are very easy, and two or three ingredient, ingredients, and you make them in, in a matter of minutes. But we have over 40 sauces, and that's kind of the thing. We have a lot of people that have copied us, a lot of people have gone and, and knocked off the product completely, but our sauces keep our product unique. We have it's like a Pepsi Cola secret ingredient. I only make them at one location. I bottle it there and I take it to my other locations, refrigerate them if they have to be refrigerated, but they're, they're made from scratch. And that's, that's one of the most important factors in our food are the sauces. We, we, you know, take, take our time and pride in making them. As a, you know, I, as a sauce guy, big fan of sauces. I appreciate that. That's very important. Sometimes I wonder, you know, this is, this is good. This is a great sauce. Is it made here or not? But I really appreciate the effort that you put into your sauces because I'm a big sauce fan. Thank you. You know, so thank you, thank you for that. And and when you and the next time you come in and try our food, I will even if it means you trying them out of a spoon because you can't <laughs> eat them all. I'll make sure that you try every single sauce and you see, wow, this guy is a was not lying to me. Except may uh, kimchi as well, kimchi and uh, the kimchi sauce and uh, I'm sorry, the shirasha are components of our sauces that I don't make from scratch either. So that's great on the sauces. And what about the dishes? Can you break some down for us? Yeah, absolutely. One of our uh, more famous or uh, most asked dishes has a kind of a unique name to it. And I don't want to scare people with it because it has nothing to do with it. It has more of a, has to do with uh, Alejandro, Orlando's younger son, saw the dish the first time we did it and said, that's a monkey brain. It isn't a monkey brain. It's a, the monkey brain is a, a dish that we make, which is basically a tuna tartare and it's wrapped in avocado. So when you see it out, it, it has a very unique uh, look to it. I wish I could, you know, take a picture out and show it to you. So it, it, he called it a brain. So what it is, is it's a tuna tartare wrapped in avocado with uh, tempura flakes and seaweed salad, uh, flash fried as decor and flavor. 
with some sauces like eel and and, and uh, ponzu added to it. So the dish comes out and it's like a beautiful looking dish, a lot of colors to it. And then I tell people, you got to destroy it. So you get a spoon and you smash it open and try to mix it up. And that will be the, you know, uh, monkey brain, which we make from, we make tuna monkey brain and we make uh, hamachi and we make salmon as well. But like I said, the name is, does, it was, came from my, uh, my partner's son. He's a young kid. So when he saw it, it was a very genuine remark. It does. It's not too tasteful. A lot of people, remember, you know, think of Indiana Jones, but yes, it is, yes. it's actually a tartare. It's yes. it's it has no monkey brains in it. That's Indiana what Jones. I was thinking, yes. but awesome. What else do you have? Another roll that I would recommend from the rice section is the wheat roll. The wheat roll happens to be wrapped also in rice paper. Makes it very popular amongst the younger crowd as well. It does have a tempura shrimp in it. It does have tuna. It's wrapped, and then it, there's a. Uh, the, the, we do place uh, flash fried seaweed, which changes the texture, and it get, it becomes uh, very green and crunchy, and it looks like weeds, like grass weeds. And so the the name of the roll is the wheat roll because it does have that uh that uh seaweed that's flash fried on top of it. It's very crunchy. It gives it, and a lot of people that dislike seaweed, I recommend to give it a shot because the flavor changes completely and it, it, it's a completely different flavor to it from the other section of the menu we have the sashimi salad uh, it's, it hasn't been as popular or ordered lately so i would like to you know talk about it on the podcast because it's a very delicate and nice dish it's a beautiful looking dish as well it, it ha- basically has two or three or one cut of fish so you the the, the customer can go either three a trio a duet or a single type of fish so we do a sashimi thin cut uh, of, I would say the original is tuna, sashimi, and salmon. We place it on a dish about 10 to 10, uh, 9 to 12 slices, depending how thick they cut them. And in the center, they place a, a salad that they've actually, a spring mix salad that they've actually wrapped with avocado, which is pretty interesting, but it's a lot flatter out. And then it has a, a sweet onion dressing. That uh, Japanese sweet onion dressing that we place on the salad. If you want it on the side, we can always do that. But I would suggest strongly to try it how it comes originally with the sauce. That's one of the sauces we make in-house as well. And it's a very delicate and a very Japanese dish. Awesome. My go-to dish when I have a person come in and I see that, you know, they're they're having fun with all the fusion, the all the different tastes and all the different Latin flavors, Peruvian, you name it, because we use ricotto or rocotto. Or we, when I see that sometimes, okay, let's pause. I see the guy, the person wants the sashimi. They want to go traditional. I go, look, I would al- always recommend the yuzu hamachi roll because that yuzu hamachi roll is yellowtail, very delicate fish, uh, it, and it comes with uh, with rice and seaweed, and then it's topped with a yuzu leaf. Now, the yuzu leaf is a family of the mint leaf, but it doesn't taste nothing like mint it, it's a lot bitter and it's a very interesting flavor and then it has a yuzu sauce that we add to it as well and that that is a very delicate roll a very japanese oriented flavored roll it's uh you know when you want to have something more on the genuine japanese flavor i would always go to the yuzu hamachi roll and i always tell people if they find the flavor from the leaf that you might be familiar with because that yuzu leaf is usually used in a lot of sashimi platters to decorate but people usually don't bite into it or have it 
but it's an edible leaf. So we place it on top of the roll. And if, if it becomes overwhelming or, you know, it's a little too adventurous, even though it's very traditional, I tell them just to peel off the, the leaf part and they can enjoy the roll without it. So I also saw some teriyaki dishes there in your menu. Uh, it, they're very good dishes. They're actually probably teriyaki dishes at a restaurant are 20, 25% component of our sales sometimes because they're very familiar, uh, very popular amongst the younger crowd as well. Uh, we do the salmon teriyaki. We do shrimp teriyaki. Um, we do uh, chicken, beef, salmon teriyaki, all three of them. And uh, they come along with a fried rice and a, and a house uh, a house mixed salad with our, our own. We make in-house as well, like I said, uh, ginger dressing. But uh, And we also, that's uh, probably their favorite uh, dish for kids. Uh, young tot like younger toddlers or kids, they usually go for the the parents go for the chicken teriyaki, which we make in little bite-sized nuggets. Uh, we put the sa the uh, sauce on the side and uh, white rice, and that's our our kids' menu. Basically, that's our favorite. Yes. Awesome. Well, Mario, this has been awesome. I have one more question for you. I know that we're running out of time. What is your favorite part of Kibiskane? Well, Alejandro. Uh, What's my favorite part of Kiwi Skein? That's a tough question because Kiwi Skein is like magical. When I try to explain to clients that come in for the first time, it's like, this is Miami's, uh, what New York has the Hamptons, Miami has Kiwi Skein. That's my best, uh, the, the go-to answer for that. I mean, Kiwi Skein, I don't live in the Key currently. Uh, I have a lot of friends that live there and I spent my childhood at the aquarium. I spent my time, uh, you know, on bikes and skateboarding with the uh, Key Rats. If I'm, if it's okay to say yeah, that, of course, you know, there, there, you know, I had a, my best friend, uh, Marco de Simone used to live in the key. And so I spent a lot of time in the key and what is the, you know, like I said, every day I live by the Miami river, which is fantastic. And I love, and I love my house and I wouldn't, it would be difficult for me to trade it. I would only trade it for probably a property in the key because it's so sent it's in the middle of Miami, but every time I get, uh, leave my house, you know, if I ha I'm having a tough morning or. I'm a little complicated because I'm overwhelmed by a lot of things I have to do. It's just once you hit that bridge and you go over that, start going over that first bridge, it's like magic, you know. I mean, people have people in Kibiskane and and me that I have my business inside of Kibiskane. We have to, you know, we're not we, we don't sometimes we over overlook how lucky we are to spend time in that beautiful place, you know. I mean, it's the vegetation, the the people that are inside the key, the schools the tradition, the values, you know, all the beaches around, uh, everybody wants, loves the key, you know? And then uh, also having that background that my mom had that boutique in there, me growing up, I can still remember, I can't remember the name of the place, but I used to go in my mom's boutique and so every once in a while she would bribe me with a toy or something. So from the toy store uh, at the square mall. And I would always remember, uh, looking across and, and I could still vividly remember having a croissant from a bakery, a French bakery that was there across where Bank of America is now. So, I mean, Kiwi Skane, well, I mean, it's magic. I mean, it's, I hope that we can conserve it, take care of it, uh, you know, nature wise and make sure that, that we take care of our environment. But I mean, Kiwi Skane is probably, if you ask me, the most, one of the most magical places on earth. You, you, you know, you're in Miami and you jump in a car and 10 minutes later, you're in you know, in paradise. So yeah, I mean, never take for granted, you know, TV skin is a beautiful place to be. 
Mario, thank you so much for your time to tell us about your story, the team behind the Sake Room, and how everything started, and for spending time with us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Alejandro. It was a pleasure talking to you.